and it worked very well. So in in reality, every person in every country values honesty. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the new episode of VEU Executive Academy podcast, where we give you exclusive insights from some of the brightest leaders today, who all have one thing in common. They are or were students of our MBA programs. I'm Chadomir Pushica, your host, and it is my task to ask the right questions so that you can learn more about the person, their industry, their mindset, and how they manage to bring positive change to businesses and their communities. Today, a guest is with us who can make the seemingly impossible things actually possible, and you need quite some energy and concentration for that. Olena Hlon has held high-ranking positions in business and personnel development, as well as in sales, finance, and in the consulting sectors. She has worked in the Central and Southeastern European markets, as well as in the Asian Pacific markets, where she gained a lot of cultural experience. Today, we're especially interested in her development as a leader. Please welcome Olena Hlon, CEO at the Kiev-based financial services provider Faro, board member of the Female Leaders Network, and Global Executive MBA alumna. Elena, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sudimir, for the intro and uh, greetings to everybody. You worked in 10 different countries and lived in three of them, like Vietnam during your MBA. And do you recall any point where cultural differences may have created a conflict in your job? And what happened and how would you deal with it now? Um, well, it's a great question because uh, um, during the MBA specifically, we studied this uh, at the VU Executive Academy during the MBA, we studied this point of uh, what is the impact of culture on uh, uh, business success. And uh, many people thought that this impact is really very high. At the same time, the professor brought us some examples that uh, the real impact is not that um, big. Uh, but remembering, uh, I, I have a lot of examples to share uh, from Vietnam, from Austria, uh, from Southeastern Europe. Uh, but now I recall the example from Vietnam. Um, I was um, responsible for business development and I had to meet a lot of people, teams. Uh, I traveled a lot throughout the country. And uh, Vietnamese are very hospitable, friendly people who love um, eating and drinking a lot <laughs> and you as a, as a business leader and uh, during negotiations you also have to eat and drink a lot together with them to show them uh, that you are part of them and uh, one of them and i adore vietnamese cuisine it's very much um, it, it's very diverse and uh, very light but uh, not always. For example, uh, in some specific regions, uh, they love eating pork or raw meat or raw fish or drinking uh, a lot of beer and vodka. And uh, I don't, don't, don't eat it. So it's not according to my um, taste and my values, I would say. And before going to those meetings, I had some intro sessions and people were telling me, oh, come on, uh, it's not possible not to be eating or drinking this uh, together because uh, it might be showing uh, some disrespect. And um, for me, it meant uh, either I break my own values uh, or I maybe don't close the deal or, I don't know, spoil the relation. So I decided to be very sincere, very friendly and uh, tell openly what I um, eat and drink and um, uh, we found together the balance uh, 
we found together what could be uh, my choice and it worked very well so in in reality uh, every person in every country values honesty and values the fact that you don't it it, it would be maybe um, some people were telling me that you could, uh, for example, take uh, apple juice and show that you're drinking beer. For me, it's a lie, and uh, I'm not um, the person who uh, likes this approach. So I went for another solution, and it worked very well. So I had very good relations with all partners, built extremely good uh, personal uh, and business relations uh, with the different stakeholders. I love what you so said. That's, <laughs> I, I would repeat it again, honestly, so <laughs> that you asked me if you do something differently, I would do the same. I would not uh, betray my values. At the same time, I would not betray people who are in front of me. So that's for sure. That's definitely something... I really appreciate and uh, honesty. I think that's fundamental for for business. I mean, being honest to yourself and being honest to others. Do you find that a lot in your among other leaders? Uh, do you see the relationship between good leadership and honesty and truthfulness? Yes. Yes. Um, for example, one of my. Uh, very respectful uh, managers with whom I worked for five years in different companies. Or I mo- I was moving with him when he was moving from one company to another. He was inviting me and I was happily joining him. So he was my coach. Um, and uh, I really can tell that uh, he kept his promises. And that's for a leader. It's a very important trait that I also took from him. If I cannot do something, I better say honestly that I cannot do it or I cannot do it now, but uh, let's work on it and maybe it will be possible, I don't know, after some time. But um, it's better to keep promises, it's better to say uh, truth, um, whatever truth is, than to find um, ways how to explain why it was not done. So that um, I think it's important for every leader, and I had the luck to work with such a leader, and uh, I'm trying also to be as 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 uh, this leader myself. What is the state of mind that you love most, and that makes you most productive, creative, and happy? Um, what do you do to get into that state of mind? Mm, it's a great question. And, um, well, I have uh, two absolutely different states of mind, which can make me um, productive, creative. And uh, uh, one is uh, I somehow like working in the um, situations of uh, take not. It means when you need to take decisions very fast, react very fast. In this state, I can be extremely creative and I find uh, some really out-of-the-box solution. Honestly, this state I like not for a long time because it can lead to burnout, it can lead to stress. So it's not possible that you can be in such a rush or a pressure, under such pressure for a long time. But this what I understood from myself, that it really organizes me and makes me extremely productive, creative, and etc. On the other hand, uh, what I like more and uh, where I find more energy it's uh, definitely the time of peace internal and external so I like waking up earlier 
than all my family, though now my younger son wakes up at 5 a.m., so he doesn't let me wake up earlier. So, so yeah, it's, it's a new habit, uh, which uh, so somehow, but then we, oh, wow. we are alone um, <laughs> in the house to, to be together, and I enjoy every moment of, uh, of this as well. But when I have opportunity, I like meditation. I also like jogging, and I do it every day. I try to do it every day. Nowadays, with the with this the, the new position, uh, I cannot say that I do it every day. But nice. when I do it, I even don't uh, so much listen to something or read. I like being with myself, with my thoughts. And in this time of jogging, I usually jog one hour. I uh, create a lot of ideas. Then I further either write down or say on the recorder it the process it's of course organic process but for me it also works very well that uh, i can um, gain great um, great energy and uh, also great ideas are coming out of this this process so that being of course with the family together in the peaceful times uh, when you are not rushing anywhere when you can play some board games or just sit and watch some movie together it's also a valuable time for me and how do you bring about a mindset of growth in your team well um i became a manager at a very young age so i became for the first time i got a team of 36 people when i was 24 years old and i got 10 people in the headquarters and 26 had to build the regional centers um throughout the country and, uh, and what was the what was the company it was Erste Bank in Ukraine okay it was when Erste has entered uh, Ukraine and they were growing uh, from 25 branches to 150 within one year so so it was uh, you can imagine how big growth <laughs> and intensive I was I was responsible for sales and training development department there and I was um, being interviewed for the position of senior sales trainer and I was hired as a head of department. Wow. So it's already, you know, you expected <laughs> one position somehow made more relaxed. And uh, uh, they both saw potential in myself and offered me this position. What do you think was key for them to recognize this spark you had in you? Uh, yeah, we have discussed it with him later on because we had some difficult situations. And uh, then... Uh, he again confirmed that even in spite of these difficult situations, he still sees that I can uh, greatly manage it. So he saw that I'm uh, very well organized. He saw that I can bring, uh, you know, things to action and to to do's. That I can also, I am uh, people caring and a team player. He was extremely experienced manager and uh, that what he saw. Uh, within this one-hour interview and gave me the chance, which uh, afterwards brought me to um, other leading positions. Um, so for me, it's important to bring team together. I like the um, comparison of my teams with the Swiss, Swiss watch, uh, where every mechanism uh, knows its place and its functionality, uh, meaning that every person understands what he or she needs to do, what he or she is expected from. And um, 
it's also important to develop your people. And for this, practically every month uh, I have a gathering of the team and we reflect on some business cases. It's called um, best practice sharing or out-of-the-box thinking ideas, uh, like um, ideas camp. Um, that's extremely important uh, for people to, for, that everybody, even um, the person who is not, for example, so close to business, but the person can bring so valuable idea, then this business, uh, then business um, takes it and uh, implement it. So having people um, really um, being part of the team and understanding uh, what is expected. Also, I um, uh, love developing people. If I see the the potential in the uh, person who is on one place or in one position, I give. I prefer giving the chance to grow and to or to let go if the person is like grew up from the position and we, we don't have the potential to give something extra within the team. So that's, that's that's also important. So that's all brings to the, to the development um, path, I would say, for every person in the team that I manage. And what happens when you see that, when you realize, maybe you just uh, answered in part the question, when you realize that somebody is actually not such a good fit for the team? I had um, uh, several cases within my career, so I, I don't know how many people I interviewed and hired, but um, um, most probably more than 100 for sure. But um, I had two cases where I recall that I have made mistakes when hiring wrong people for the, for the position. And I prefer giving a chance to the person, so we sit together, we agree on some specific KPIs, but... I am very honest uh, with the person that we track really on a on a weekly basis these KPIs or these activities, tasks fulfillment, and then the person himself or herself understands that what is expected is not done. Mm-hmm. I had um, the situation when the the people were not struggling, then telling me that but I can't do it, but in reality uh, this is the result. And uh, that's what we uh, can agree both, that it's not as it should be. Hmm. So um, that's how I deal also very openly and honestly, but still, uh, is if the person is hired already, so if the hiring process is, is there, but there is a trial and I'm trying my best that during the trial, we together with the employee understand if there is a fit or not. Like... Uh, um, it was um, two times uh, in uh, Vietnam when the person oversold uh, himself or the, there were two, uh, two guys who oversold themselves to me. And then it appeared to be that, for example, one of them even did not prepare the intro presentation, but there was somebody else who prepared it for him. him. And then uh, during his um, already activity, he was hired as a manager of the team. It was clear that he cannot manage the team properly and can and like really says or said much more than he can do in reality and uh, after three months we found the way um, with this KPI tracking we found the way how to peacefully and you know normally say goodbye to each other so this is one of the examples thank you 
And what is your attitude to failure? And have you ever failed so bad that you thought you would never be able to come back? And how did you overcome it? Uh, you know, I am. A, I have this perfectionist side of myself, which I am working on. So I know that I uh, maybe should be a little bit more uh, releasing uh, my expectations toward myself. So you know, this A student uh, attitude. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, yeah, working on it. Um, and um, I had situation really in the. Um, first managerial position that I told you a little bit earlier with Erste Bank when I got the first managerial position. And after around a half a year, I had a very big uh, team conflict. And uh, this was uh, related to a very stressful situation. We were moving to the launch of 26 regional centers and a lot of training programs and tracking and so on. And I somehow did not pay much attention to the team. I had my control functions, reporting, and also some other projects. And the team started having, um, you know, some inside uh, groups or subgroups, and it brought to a very um, deep conflict. And uh, I honestly, I wanted at that time to leave because I thought that I did not manage. Uh, I, I should have seen this uh, and I was not team caring and maybe I'm not a good manager and so on. And I had a very good, I remember very well, so they had a very good conversation with my boss who told me, you know, now you need a week of vacation. You need to be with yourself and please come back with all solutions and I'm waiting for you so I will not let you go. I'm sure that every manager has um, some situations like that. And uh, after one week, I spent one week uh, on the um, seaside and uh, I came back extremely like, full of energy, full of ideas. And I talked to each uh, team member who was uh, somehow not happy with my manage management style at that time. And uh, we found uh, a way how to make the team even uh, stronger and how to make the, let's say, um, the approach to the management uh, even stronger and better. When you say your uh, leadership style at the time was the cause of the problems, what was it? I paid less attention to what is going on in the team, in the head office, uh, to be specifically. So I was very much focused on uh, some projects uh, uh, aside from the team, and somehow team was to be managed by itself. So that was the biggest mistake, because it's, it's you should um, very much uh, keep record and uh, keep an eye on uh, what is going on with the team, how the team mood is. Because at that time, before this uh, important launch of uh, different programs and um, uh, branches opening, everybody was under stress. And this situation under stress can create uh, um, really conflictual situations within the team, towards management, uh, very bad um, flows of, uh, of energy, I would say. And that um, when since then, I really pay very well, very, very big attention to what is going on in the team and the team or people are the first. So in and for that, uh, uh, there are regular team meetings, there are regular face to faces. 
to you know to check the temperature so to say and also to get the feeling what is going on what is unclear what makes um, more stress or less uh, that's what my what was my lesson learned and what was the main complaint what was the what came up as the main source of discontent in the team lack of lack of attention a lack of my managerial attention to the people what exactly uh, did they expect they expect <laughs> i think that uh, yeah exactly so uh, i think that now um, i would really turn it back because all those i was the youngest uh, in the team so and uh, and i was the maybe that was also the point because all my subordinates were older than me so maybe it was a kind of uh, age uh, some some burdens for them but at the same time you are rightly asking and uh, people um, are adults and people are well trained and they should not be uh, also if they have something unclear or have something not to satisfy it with but so they can ask and they were not asking they were you know keeping some uh, some uh, information maybe was not clear for them and they were discussing it between themselves not uh, um, sharing the concerns or their problems with me but bringing it uh, in a in a bubble between themselves and then this bubble uh, exploded so they uh, also uh, they were telling to my superior that I was not uh, paying too much attention to the issues and to the stress and they are all overstressed. So that was the um, uh, that was what caused the um, uh, overall situation. And I was also extra busy, but uh, at that time was maybe not uh, really paying attention to some inside. Uh, um, activities that were uh, going on in the team. Clear. So um, now I want to move to another question, which has to do with um, um, with compromises. And can you remember any situation when you did not want to compromise? And what benefits or disasters did that produce? You know, when um, during this conversation, um, I think you already heard from me that I am a perfectionist <laughs> and any student, so I don't like to compromise, honestly. I am learning this and really trying to be um, more, sometimes more down to the earth, or uh, but usually the, um, the compromises. Uh, well, uh, whatever is done in my career, still I am uh, I consider as um, good results, and uh, maybe that was uh, also one of the reasons was that I did not compromise that much. Um, but to be specific, uh, one example is when I came to Vietnam. I was uh, uh, building the team, and I was able to be to build the team, um, hiring people from all over the world. But I decided to build the team internally, and it was the business development uh, division with all the uh, functions uh, from uh, marketing, product development, um, customer care, and uh, quality management. And I was uh, uh, struggling with HR to bring me right candidate. And at one point of time, the HR told me, you know, Olena, you should downgrade your standards because we cannot bring you the people with the know-how you want. And I 
told them back that, come on, you have uh, almost 90, at that time, 90 million population, and you cannot find me the candidates that I want. <laughs> Please find me whom I am really searching for. So I am very lucky that I, and uh, it was a right decision not to downgrade the requirement for the standards. I was happy to build a great team of um, experts and managers uh, with whom I worked uh, um, very successfully uh, in uh, in Vietnam. And they moved, uh, like a couple of them moved with me from one company to another. It's uh, also a sign that uh, we uh, had a win-win cooperation. That's fantastic. Do you have some role model in like leader that you really admire? Mm. Honestly, I don't. I really don't like this um, role model. I like um, more looking into uh, results of people, how they combine their uh, business life and also personal life. Or even um, it, uh, everybody has the different, let's um, say, um, different aspirations and different uh, situations. Um, so I like um, looking into um, uh, like my friends, for example, who um, who succeed building the. Uh, from small company to a bigger one, and then working with the uh, international markets. Of course, I like uh, uh, to watch successful uh, ladies that uh, um, now being part of Female Leaders Network. I have, I am lucky to have a lot of examples of uh, uh, successful stories and uh, um, let's say um, great. Um, combination of um, business and uh, uh, personal life uh, um, I cannot uh, recall you the name like straight uh, straight away it's more um, like a gathered personality so that the qualities of the personality that are important for me and you mentioned the female leadership network how do you care for your professional network uh, how often do you talk to them uh, how often do you have a chance to exchange your experiences? If uh, talking about Female Leaders Network, specifically on a monthly basis, our board meetings uh, where we talk about next plans, next activities, and we organize on a monthly basis Power Hour. And I very much like the name because the name of this event, because Power Hour, it means that you energize the guests of your event and also you are energized as well and we have uh, different uh, topics based on the research we have done within our community we asked uh, which topics would be great to reflect on and to talk about in uh, 2021 in this not easy year of uh, corona and we organize this on a monthly basis besides the board meetings already for our community so we really give back these different very important topics and we share, we discuss uh, and we bring together really outstanding uh, ladies. And apart from uh, Female Leaders Network, of course, I have now a lot of friends and uh, colleagues and ex-colleagues around the globe. Now it is possible to communicate virtually 
we organize or I set some virtual coffees or just, you know, call in via WhatsApp if you want to call to some of your business network or the professional network. So it's it's important to keep this, especially now when uh, the support or the human support is very much needed for everybody. What tricks or techniques do you use to learn effectively and to keep that knowledge over long periods of time? And what teacher left the deepest impact on you and why? Um, I grew up in a family of professors. So I was a granddaughter of a professor of Russian language and literature. And my so it was my grandfather and my grandmother was the professor of Ukrainian language and literature. And we, from the very early childhood, I, I grew up in a community of, you know, artists, uh, uh, poets, uh, and uh, uh, my grandmother was the uh, core singer, and she was traveling uh, throughout the country with, the, you know, wearing these very nice um, national costumes, and she had a very great social life. So um, my grandfather, he spoke seven languages uh, besides his uh, own, like, mother uh, Russian and Ukrainian ones. And uh, so it, it's just also to tell you that I grew up in this learning and um, um, creative environment. So for me, it's easy to learn. I, um, I honestly, I don't use any tricks. I felt uh, when I was um, uh, a pupil, I was extremely good pupil and I was not pushed by uh, my parents or by anybody to learn. I was very curious to get to know many things and uh, to get to know um, how things are organized, done. And um, uh, honestly, I wanted to be a doctor because my mom is a doctor and uh, I somehow was looking into her and was uh, thinking that I would become a doctor. But uh, uh, it did not uh, come into reality. I feel absolutely not sorry with my career that I uh, am now in because it's uh, all good. Uh, at the same time, I decided to a little bit um, uh, get closer to my dream and I went several emergency support courses in order to be prepared just in case it's necessary to react properly if something happens. So um, that uh, is like a practical uh, tool that is uh, needed. And uh, it helped me already, I would say, five times in my life or so to um, react. Pro yes, exactly. So and uh, I remember each of the cases, uh, but uh, it seemed that I really would be a good doctor <laughs> because the reaction, the reaction was very proper. Uh, on time and uh, uh, yeah, then people were happy that they got this uh, support immediately. So you, you, you keep your head uh, cold and you, you do what you have to do because many people would panic. So Yes, um, it's it's important and this also can be reflected I think to business later on. So when you are not panicking, when you should take very difficult business decisions, it then reflects in good results. So 
Now I want to just go and ask you something a little bit more about this learning. And you said you find no difficulty learning and uh, that you want to understand things, you're curious. How do you actually, what is for you the most effective way to learn? Uh, how do you approach a subject that you don't know anything about. Uh, since you want to understand the underlying principles, where where is it that you look exactly? Do you first ask somebody to explain you briefly what it's about? Like, how does it work for you? Well, um, if I need to understand something, I really would like to talk to some uh, person who knows the subject. And then after this discussion, so it's uh, it's good to have a, a live conversation or online conversation uh, nowadays, but uh, to talk with the really person who is... Uh, um, who knows the subject and then i get in the uh, some initial hints and tips uh, about the topic i then start searching uh, for the literature or some link uh, links or apps that could bring me to better understanding practical understanding of what i want to uh, to find for example uh, just also giving give you an example i was not in ukraine for eight and a half years and I know I'm now a CEO of the Ukraine based company and uh, I'm also a person who is in the market at the moment and I need to very well uh, have understanding of what now the Ukrainian market lives with so I decided to uh, go into different types of conferences uh, organized uh, online and offline uh, when there was a little bit uh, better time. So I went to the uh, one conference was called Superwoman. It was uh, uh, with a, a big participation from the business ladies and also of the freelancers because the um, freelance market in Ukraine is more um, uh, set by the ladies. So it's more mm -hmm. um, that people who open their business are not, are not maybe so cautious uh, if something gets wrong. Uh, I see it really uh, more on the latest. And I went to this uh, forum also to see how the community now is uh, set, uh, what are the interests, uh, uh, what are the main um, topics. So for me, it was a kind of um, great overview to see how um, what the community lives with. Then I also uh, was part of a digital marketing uh, conference where I got insights from who are the best digital uh, agencies uh, and now tools used, uh, or what are the perception of uh, how the brands are being built in Ukraine. So this was also, for me, important professionally because we are building fully digital brand now. Mm -hmm. uh, that's are just a couple of examples how to bring some um, overview of what is going on, uh, then uh, meeting some specific uh, people and uh, then also jumping into the topic uh, using uh, internet or books. Excellent. So in our informal conversation before this interview, we started talking about so many things. So what I want to ask you now is what I found really fascinating your company, Fairer, and the things you're doing. So if you don't mind, could you please 
explain what it is FAIR is doing and how it's helping freelancers? Yeah, it's a great question uh, to start with. Uh, since I'm now in the role for about six months as CEO for the first time and uh, with such an amazing and exciting environment. So we are building the great platform, digital banking or financial platform for freelancers uh, in Ukraine. But the project is uh, empowered and uh, owned by Raiffeisen Bank International. And uh, we uh, get also support from the Creative Dog, the company that supports companies to be built from uh, uh, development and uh, uh, marketing product development point of view. So uh, the Ukraine is the first market market where Feral entered and um, we scale up pretty fast. So very soon we are launching open market the banking services. So far, we have uh, introduced non-banking ones and uh, these services make lives of uh, freelancers, uh, private entrepreneurs in Ukraine better, um, easier to manage their administration and give more time to spend on really business, uh, on ideas creation, on the, on working with the customers, uh, looking for customers and uh, really doing all what uh, is extremely important to develop and uh, make business successful. So this administration plus banking, it's what Feral does and uh, will develop in Ukraine. Okay, so if I understood uh, well, uh, it's not just banking, but it, as you said, administration. So you're practically allowing um, freelancers or private entrepreneurs to uh, manage their uh, projects, so to say, and their clients maybe. Is that what it is? Yes, right. So there is a non-banking and banking part of service, and the non-banking includes bookkeeping, so tax reporting generation and submission and uh, uh, tax reporting in different um, ways, how it's done, so from the different angles, I would say, and uh, invoicing, uh, bookkeeping, so everything that is needed to administer the business uh, from the financial point of view. And in addition, there will be a full banking services package. That was Fero does. And I see it uh, beyond that because uh, what we do it's um, digitalization of the um, entrepreneurial activity which leads us also to going from the gray zone uh, for this type of business and making it transparent and uh, also uh, paying taxes uh, on, on time and with the full volume which is very much necessary for uh, Ukraine to improve the economic situation because as we all know the more entrepreneurs are there, so the better middle class uh, is in the country, the more healthy economy is in the country. So that's what we are doing and um, how we build in the value for the whole community. So you're practically also uh, cooperating maybe with the Ministry of Finance or with the tax authorities? Is that true? That's planned. Uh, okay. That's planned. Uh, we have the digital ministry in Ukraine and already the first partnership requirements are um, sent from their side to us. So we are in uh, um, in the process of starting this uh, cooperation. And uh, also we know that tax offices in Ukraine recommended FERO to the businessmen to submit their tax reports. 
and it's also part of the tax uh, strategy in Ukraine, which makes it, um, as I said earlier, transparent and uh, very clear to everybody what needs to be done um, and uh, makes it, because when it's done digitally, it's really very well trackable. Uh, that's what is needed for the economy to be uh, very white. That's that sounds that sounds really excellent, and that sounds like something that many countries can benefit from, especially as you mentioned the gray zone. So now, what I'm going to ask you is, how was the move from the gray zone to the white one, and uh, how did the, the freelancers react? Um, was it gradual? Well, uh, there are now more and more uh, freelancers, especially in the age uh, of uh, 25, 35 or up to 40 years old, who wants their business to be transparent. And that's we see in the open sources of the uh, registered freelancers. Uh, when they register themselves, it means that they have to pay all taxes, have to declare w- w- what they do from business point of view, all their um, uh, invoices and um, uh, documentation should be very well tracked. And uh, uh, this tendency is visible also how we see the number of our app downloads. We have more than 140,000 downloads of the app. We have a great number of uh, uh, profiles filled and also registration. And it's a a sign that people really are ready to move from the uh, gray zone to the uh, um, transparent zone doing business. That's so, so interesting. And one more thing um, about the app itself, now the financial part. How are you managing that and what is new about it um, in respect of uh, the traditional banks? Uh, Our app is the first uh, in the market uh, all-in-one app, which combines this uh, non-financial or non-banking part of service for freelancers with banking. Banking, uh, we just start. So, of course, we will not have all range of products and services that more sophisticated and more developed banks provide. But uh, we really focus on uh, quality of the um, features that are designed for freelancers and that we provide. And our um, unique sales proposition is still non-banking service um, and also exclusivity for freelancers so that we really value them as a segment. We don't mix them with the private individuals, uh, but really value this community and their um, their um, bring to the to the business to the economy through making this application really exclusive and customized to them. And we have a very detailed plan and backlog of different um, features, both banking and non-banking that will be introduced uh, gradually in uh, 2021 and uh, later on. So we are pretty sure that this service will be loved uh, by our customers as much as we already love our customers. It really sounds like great news to all the freelancers working, um, working now in Ukraine. And what about the payments in different currencies and the issuing of invoices, will that go through the banking account that you set up um, and also be tracked uh, through the non-banking uh, part, the application for the bookkeeping? So you're trying to integrate it. 
And yes. so uh, will there be like the currency conversions automatic and things you can do? Uh, exactly. So that is a plan. We plan to introduce a very interesting and new uh, to the market products uh, um, as a multi-currency product that uh, are combining three mostly used currencies by our uh, businessmen, by private entrepreneurs. So this, of course, is taken into consideration, especially we need to take into consideration the habits uh, of the users and it, what they really want to get. But at the same time, we are ready to um, change the habits uh, when we bring some products or ideas from other markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, integrate it into into Ukrainian market. We are ready, of course, to um, to change the habits of the community. Plus, of course, we need to take take into consideration the legislation uh, and the currency control, which is more maybe the most difficult in Ukraine in comparison to other European countries. And this we um, uh, need also take into consideration at the same time. The country here as well is moving into the direction of release of some uh, uh, things that uh, were much more difficult even last year. So that's why it's all in combination will be reflected in our products and services in the banking ones. And uh, what other countries do you plan to uh, roll out your service in? Uh, well, Ukraine, as I mentioned, is the first one, but then the next country is uh, uh, Romania to go. It's uh, already officially um, uh, announced. And then uh, the other countries I am not able now to share, but uh, the plan is already there are two more countries to roll out this um, very important project. That sounds really exciting, and I would really love to be able to use it, to be honest. So, Thank you. So, Olena, in the end, uh, is there something that you would like to add, something that we have not covered? I think we had a very, very intensive conversation, and thank you very much, Sidemir, for all your questions, because they are uh, from different angles of uh, life, because every, every person is... Uh, mm, is a person who consists of uh, different parts of, uh, of of life or daily activities, business, personal, uh, personal interests. Uh, it's, I think you covered uh, really very well all uh, aspects of uh, of my personality. <laughs> uh, yeah, but of course, Thank a you. lot is left, so it's not everything that uh, we discussed. Well, let's not. Yes, let's not cover everything in one episode. Yes. <laughs> let's uh, meet some 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 time in the future and talk some more. <laughs> yeah, thank you for great questions and for a great conversation. I really had a pleasure talking to you and sharing thank what you. I could could share. Thank you, Elena. Hello again. Thank you for listening to this episode of VEU Executive Academy podcast. Know how to inspire. Now, one more thing before you go. Please subscribe to our channel on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes, or check out our website at www.executiveacademy.at forward slash podcast. That is executiveacademy.at forward slash podcast. Last but not least, spread the word, because the more you share knowledge, the more inspiring it gets.